listening to the Top Knots and Double Shots podcast, where we believe every woman deserves to be happy, healthy, and totally fulfilled. We're breaking through the mom guilt, quitting that negative self-talk, and diving into how to find your joy, your passion, and your tribe. I'm your host, Amanda Masterson. So throw your hair into a top knot, grab a cup of coffee, and let's chat. Hey, and welcome back. So I wish you could see me recording this episode for you because I am sitting in my kid's closet. They are asleep in my bed. They always go to sleep in our bed. And then my husband moves them to their own bed. Most of the time they end up finding their way back to our bed. But anyway, right now they are asleep in our bed and I did not want to wake them up. I also did not want to move them because, well, Caden especially, I swear he can sense me when I pick him up and he will immediately wake up and come straight back to our bed. So here I am in their closet sitting with the Marvel superheroes in a pile of princess clothing. But that is okay. You may have actually noticed another change in my podcast. The name changed. The cover changed. I know the intro right now is still the same, but I'll be recording a new intro soon. And so that is going to change too. But what isn't changing? Me. I am still here with you sharing stories, resources, tips, guidance, all the things on how you can be the best version of you. I haven't done a podcast episode for you in a while, but I've been going through a lot of shifts in my business. I also haven't yet done a podcast episode about my personal journey from corporate director to mompreneur coach. I've been meaning to share my journey with you. It's been written in my notepad under podcast ideas since, well, probably since the beginning of the podcast. I've even sat down a couple of times to record my journey from here to there, but it just never quite felt right. And then within the last three months, I've shifted, like I said. My life has shifted. My business has shifted. My mindset has shifted. Maybe you've noticed it in my posts and my stories on social media. Maybe you haven't. Either way, I'm glad you're here now, and I hope you find value in me sharing my journey with you. I hope it motivates you. I hope it shows you that fulfilling your dreams is possible too. I hope it creates a feeling of relatability, and I hope that it helps you to see that you're not alone in your journey. I hope it gives you the kick in the booty too that you need to start taking action towards the life you want to live. I don't really know why now is the time that feels right to share this journey with you. In all honesty, I sat down to draft and record an episode on money mindset, but my heart just started pouring out through my fingers as I typed, and I suppose now is as good of time as any, right? I don't know exactly where this episode is going to go. I'm going to share from my heart with you, and I don't know if tears are going to flow, maybe, maybe not, but what I do know is this is going to be powerful. And so I hope you'll stick around for the rest of this episode. Now, I think one of the reasons I haven't yet recorded this episode is because I just didn't really know where to start. Like, how far back should I take you? Should I go back to when I was working in the corporate world? Back to my days in college studying psychology and dental hygiene? Like, what a combination is that? Back to high school and the battle I had with self and who I was. Or should I just go back to when I started my mompreneur journey? 
The front of this episode might just be a little choppy, but I want to share some of the key events and decisions I made earlier in my journey. Because I think they'll make everything else come full circle. They're part of me. They're part of my journey. I'm going to share with you lessons I've learned along the way. I'm also going to share lessons I wish I'd learned sooner. Lessons that would have maybe impacted the trajectory of my life. Through my journey and sharing the lessons that I've learned, I hope I can spare you maybe some of the heartache and some of the missteps that I've experienced. I hope you can learn from some of my mistakes. Actually, I wouldn't even call them mistakes. So scratch that. I'm not going to call them mistakes because they've all led me to where I am right now, to here. So let's just dive in. Let's go all the way back to high school, just for a second. Thinking back to my high school days, well, that scares the crap out of me if I'm being honest because I have a daughter myself now. Albeit, there were a few life, key life-forming events, I guess we'll call them, that happened in high school. I don't think I need to go into detail, but it was in a relationship that was emotionally and even a little physically abusive. I quit the softball team when I made varsity because my friend didn't make varsity too. I stopped chasing Victorian, which was a goal I'd set for myself as I entered high school as a freshman, because I refused to dissect the frog in biology class without wearing gloves. My biology teacher refused to allow me to wear gloves, and so I refused to dissect, which landed me with a C in the class, the only non-A grade I ever got in high school. I chose a college major based on an offhand comment made by my guidance counselor. I made the decision to apply for dental hygiene school literally five minutes after it was suggested to me, even though I'd wanted to go to law school for as far back as I could remember. I never wanted to be like a princess or a teacher or a ballerina or whatever other girls wanted to be. I always wanted to be a lawyer and a writer. But I applied for dental hygiene school. Like why? And what do all of these things have in common? How are they all related? And why are they all important? I didn't see it then. I honestly didn't see it until within the last year. But I'm an obliger. And so you're probably asking, what is an obliger? An obliger is someone who meets outer expectations, but resists inner expectations. I've always been headstrong. I set high expectations for myself and I met them. I can be stubborn at times, And I often do things my way. I would say I'm a high achiever. And so I never would have identified as someone who resists inner expectations. I thought those inner expectations were what pushed me to achieve on a high level. But as I examine the four tendencies, and the four tendencies are how people meet both inner and outer expectations. It became clear to me, like so clear. The high standards I set for myself They were really my response to the expectations of others for me, not my own inner expectations. This was so eye-opening for me when I finally realized this. I mean, look at every life-forming experience in high school that I had, every single one of them. I gave up on expectations I had for myself in exchange for meeting the expectations others had of me. Even in biology class, I mean, what happened there? 
I resisted inner expectations of achieving valedictorian in a fit of classic obliger rebellion. Basically, I became so disgusted with all of the external expectations that I just flat out refused to comply anymore. I dug my heels in. But hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And the only thing that I really accomplished in my moments of obliger rebellion, and there were many, were giving up on my own inner expectations. So what's the lesson here? The lesson is how you react to life's situations and events It's highly predetermined by your tendencies, your tendencies towards both inner and outer expectations. And to be truly successful in whatever path you take and the path you choose is also highly influenced by your tendencies. But to be successful, you have to identify your tendencies and you have to work to put in place the accountability and the checkpoints that you need to balance and overcome the downfalls of your natural tendencies towards both inner and outer expectations. I would highly, highly recommend you read The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin for yourself. I'll link it in the show notes. Okay, so let's fast forward to college. I got into dental hygiene school With a 4.0, thanks to those outer expectations of what it would take to get into the program. And as I neared the end of the program, I hated it. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to practice dental hygiene. I wanted to quit. I was like this close to another obliger rebellion. But after some wise words from my dad, he reminded me that he didn't raise a quitter. And that I was going to finish dental hygiene school even if I never worked a day as a dental hygienist when I graduated. And so again, thanks to his expectations that I finish, I did. I got a dental hygiene job out of school because, well, how else was I supposed to pay the student loans I had? And again, because those were the expectations when you finished school, right? You got a job in your field. And so I did. Here's what I want you to hear me say next. I've never enjoyed dental hygiene as a career, but I'm still doing it. 15 years later. So I want to unpack this with you. If you've been following me for very long, you know this doesn't sound like the direction and the coaching that I would give out, right? Stay in a career you don't enjoy for 15 years. But we also know that life isn't linear. Life isn't black and white. Life isn't cut and dry. So I worked as a dental hygienist with a commute that was over an hour each day. At this point, I was also ready to get married. Thomas and I had been together since the summer before my senior year in high school, but I felt like he wasn't ready to commit. And so looking back, I can see that I was in this space where I couldn't meet inner or outer expectations to get married after college and live that white picket fence American dream. And the internal conflict that this caused pushed me to another T in the road. I was walking out of my job, headed to go sign a lease on an apartment that I hadn't told anyone I'd even looked at. Not Thomas, not my parents, not my coworkers. As I was walking to my car, my phone rang. And it was a family friend calling to offer me a job, a job I'd interviewed for when I got out of hygiene school, but I didn't get a job that was only 30 minutes from home, a job that would literally change the path of my life, even though I didn't know it at the time. 
I didn't go sign that lease. Instead, I scheduled a formal interview where I accepted a formal offer. If this wasn't a divine intervention from God and his universe, I don't know what is. 12 years later, I'm still at that job, although I've taken some detours along the way. So that hygiene job, it led to an opportunity to work as a hygiene coach. So basically, I worked clinically four days a week, and I traveled to coach other hygienists in other offices one day each week, too. It didn't take long for me to realize that I loved my coaching day so much more than my clinical days. I think this was also my first exposure to personal development. I want to pause here because that just blows my mind even to this day. How did I go through all of high school and earn a college degree without being exposed to personal development? In my opinion, the school systems and the higher education systems are broken in this way. How much more successful and fulfilled would people be if they learned about different personality profiles, different communication methods, and mindset work in high school? What if I could have identified my tendency in high school? And what if I developed the accountability and the checkpoints that would drive me to both success and personal fulfillment in life? I think my world would be different, so different. I don't want to say that it'd be better, but maybe it would have been easier. But if this, personal development, if this was a core component of education in high school, Would we have less people in this world going to a job every day, a job that they hate, or maybe a job that they just tolerate? Would the world be more fulfilled? Would more fulfillment lead to more peace? I mean, this is like such a slippery slope to go down, but it makes me wonder. Okay, so that was a total side rant, but somewhere along the way in my dental hygiene, my hygiene coach life, I went back to school and studied both psychology and communication. Now, looking back, this was an act of obliger rebellion, too. I was pushing back on outer expectations, trying to, like, claw my way closer to my true purpose in life, trying to find something that would bring me true joy and fulfillment. Another lesson I've learned since this time in my life is that happiness and joy and fulfillment, those are emotions that you choose to feel regardless of your external environment and circumstances. I didn't know that then, and I was chasing those feelings because of it. Through another divine intervention, I'll call it, the company that I worked for scrapped that whole dental hygiene coach role that I loved and created a new full-time position in its place. That time is still somewhat of a blur. I can't really remember how I got from full-time dental hygienist, hygiene coach, to this brand new full-time leadership role. I found myself in a position where I was evolving with the role. I was gaining more and more territory. I was literally traveling across the country, managing the hygiene departments in upwards of 300 plus practices from Oregon to Washington to West Virginia. I was enjoying what I was doing, coaching and developing others, especially speaking at larger scale events. I felt like I was living closer to my purpose. Notice I didn't say I was living in my purpose. I still wasn't there, but I felt more aligned in what I was doing. But if you've ever worked a job that keeps you on the road, living out of a suitcase in a new hotel room every week, you know the wear and tear that that can have on your mind and body. 
I remember two defining moments at this point in my journey. Number one, Thomas and I had planned to go to a party on a Saturday night that our friends were having. We had been looking forward to this for quite a while. We got there and I was just so exhausted. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was overstimulated, quite frankly. I just wanted to be sitting on my couch in my pajamas with a book and a glass of wine. So I asked Thomas to take me home and told him he should go back to the party without me. He did. And after he left, I just sat on the couch and cried. I wanted to be at that party. I wanted to enjoy my life, but my career was stealing too much. I had no energy left to do anything after all of that traveling, the coaching and the speaking all week. Something had to change. Number two, I was on a plane to Washington one week and the guy sitting next to me making small talk asked me where I was going. And I had no idea, like literally no idea. Not like I had a brain lapse or I was caught off guard. I literally did not know where I was going. I remember mumbling something about traveling way too much and then nonchalantly pulled out my ticket to see where it was that I was heading. Washington. These two instances made me realize I had to make a change. At that point, I was only surviving. That's not how I wanted to live. Now, the lesson here is, again, I was succumbing to oblige or burnout. I wasn't balanced at all. I was heavy in work and meeting the expectations of my job and almost non-existent in fulfilling my own inner expectations around the kind of life that I wanted to live. At the same time, because I had grown through personal development and through studying psychology and communication in college, I had acquired more skills to better cope at this point. Looking back, I can see that so many of the major turning points in my life came out of nowhere, or so I thought. But all of your experiences, They're leading you exactly where you need to be. Nothing in the universe is wasted. Nothing. The role I had positioned me to take on another role, one that kept me closer to home. Now, this drastically improved my balance. It also provided opportunities for more abundance in my life. It allowed me to be closer to home when I became pregnant with the twins, too. Through my pregnancy, I thought I had my career planned out. This new position kept me closer to home. I would still be in a hotel a couple of nights a week, but I wouldn't be traveling across the country. I thought that would make a difference. But after having Peyton and Caden, I quickly realized that it didn't make a difference. It didn't matter if I was across the country or just two hours away in a hotel. It didn't matter if I wasn't home with my babies. I was also battling severe postpartum anxiety which went undiagnosed for more than six months. To say I was miserable was an understatement. Looking back, I think the severe postpartum anxiety was more than just postpartum anxiety. Anxiety is like an alarm system in our body, alerting us that something just isn't right. This wasn't the mom I wanted to be. I didn't want to miss all of the moments with Peyton and Caden. I wanted to be present. Quitting that job and going back into a clinical dental hygiene position, that was the only way out that I could see, but it would come with a significant pay cut. After talking to my husband, we decided that it was the best route for me and for our family, and so I quit. Now, remember, dental hygiene was never a source of fulfillment for me. 
So aside from the decrease in pay, it was so hard for me to go back into a position that also provided no professional fulfillment, a job that held no space for me to be creative. And also, if I'm being totally honest, it put a dent in my pride as well. I was so proud of the corporate ladder I had climbed. And a part of me felt like I was throwing all of that away. I remember my mom sharing one of the most impactful pieces of advice I'd ever received. She told me that you climb a ladder to complete a task. And when that task is through, you climb down and you put that ladder away. You don't dismantle the ladder, you just put it away. And it's there when and if you decide you want to get it back out in the future and climb it again to complete another task. I was capable of climbing the ladder. And it put me right where I needed to be. At the time, I couldn't see what God had in store for me. But nothing in the universe is wasted. In my experiences, my accomplishments, they set me up to be exactly where I needed to be at that moment. If I so chose in the future, my talents would still be mine, and I could climb the ladder again. And so I settled into my 9-to-5, received treatment for my postpartum anxiety, and I began to love my life again. And along the way, beautiful things happened. Little things, but beautiful things. Going to four days a week instead of five. Our office hours changed, so we closed at five instead of six. Side note, I'm so incredibly grateful for the doctors who value family life and balance so highly. And then the resentment started to creep back in. I felt unfulfilled. I didn't feel like I was making a difference in the world. I felt like I had all of these talents that were just going to waste. I needed to find something that was for me, something that would bring the joy back professionally. It's such an unsettling place to be where you love your life at home, but you're so unfulfilled professionally. After looking around and contemplating what I could do that might bring fulfillment back to my professional life, while also maybe supplementing some of that pay cut I took, I decided to start a blog. Makes perfect sense, right? I mean, remember, I always wanted to be a writer. Maybe this would be my chance. And so I dove in. All of my free time at home went to researching the ins and outs of starting a blog. I wanted to do it right. I wanted to turn this not only into a passion project, but into a revenue-generating passion project. And so I researched. I dove into groups and communities. I purchased my own domain. I learned how to monetize. I learned how to integrate an email system to grow an email list. I learned how to market my blog, and I learned so much about SEO. And I began writing. I loved it. I loved writing about the ups and downs of motherhood. I wrote a blog article on my journey with postpartum anxiety. I captured some of the rawest moments of parenthood. As my blog grew, though, I realized that monetizing a blog is much harder than I thought. If I wanted to quickly monetize and grow, I found myself needing to write articles that drove others to my blog, recipes, how-to articles, product reviews, etc. But I didn't love creating that kind of content. I wanted to share my soul and write about motherhood, but that didn't sell as well, at least not at the stage I was in. It ended up being more money out than money in for my blog. Like, who knew how much it cost to actually create, produce, and maintain a blog? But here's the thing. God and his universe, 
It's happening for me, not to me. The connections I was making with so many other mamas, the things I was learning, they were all coming together to enable me to live out my purpose. I never would have seen this in the moment, but let me take you through my journey. From this point to now in a highlight reel, because so many stars aligned, so many pieces of the puzzle fit so perfectly together. So many of my needs were met along the way. Each step was preparing me for the next, and it's just so beautiful. So through my blog, I met Ashley. I met Ashley at a time where I was so incredibly unhappy in my own skin. Through my journey with postpartum anxiety, I dropped all of the baby weight, but then I gained it all back plus 10. I've always battled body dysmorphia, and so this only magnified my discontent with my body and myself. Ashley reached out and had invited me to join her. She was an online health and fitness coach. I told her no more than once. But she kept being my friend. She kept cheering for me. And so when I hit rock bottom, and it was seeing a picture of myself at the campground with my kids, Ashley was the first person I thought to reach out to. Now, it didn't happen overnight, but I began to feel better. I had more energy, my clothes were fitting better, and I was getting my confidence back. I was learning to love myself again. I became a better mom, a better wife, a better friend. And I couldn't keep that to myself. I knew I needed to share my journey with others, especially other moms just like me. I wanted to help them find themselves in the middle of motherhood. And that's when my journey as a health coach started. Through coaching, I discovered a deep passion for helping other people, especially moms, figure out how to take that first step towards overall wellness in the middle of motherhood. For the first time in my life, I was loving what I was doing. I felt like I was truly making an impact. Yeah, I enjoyed my career in the corporate world, but I don't know that I'd say I loved it. I loved this though. I loved coaching. Working with more than 100 clients, I realized something. Some women thrived and others totally fell off the wagon. I realized that mindset, mindset is the biggest part of your journey. It didn't matter that I had the perfect tools, all of the resources, everything they needed to be successful. It took more than that. It took more than just resources. As a coach, there was a major focus on mindset work within my company and my upline team. Through my coaching and through continued personal development, I began to realize that we all carry around different demons. I refer to my demons as my mean girl. She doesn't even deserve a name, but she was really good at popping into my head when I least expected it. Even though I was immersed in personal development at a higher level than I'd ever been before, I still felt imposter syndrome creeping in at like every angle. I was also becoming super frustrated in my coaching journey. I was doing everything my upline said, but I wasn't seeing the results of my business that I had anticipated. I was spinning my wheels. I was spending most of my free moments on my phone. I wasn't creating the time freedom I wanted. Quite the opposite, actually. I began to feel like my coaching journey was stealing precious moments from my babies. I had done everything I could think of, everything except hiring a business coach. But the cost of hiring a coach 
was more money than I'd made in the entire first year of my business. I decided this was either going to work or it wasn't. So I signed up. I didn't even tell my husband that I just spent more money than I'd made the entire year prior. And then it took me less than four months to earn back my investment. If I could sum up what I learned in one sentence through my coaching, it would be this. If you're not slaying your demons, you're not slaying your goals either. I had to face my demons, my limiting beliefs. And honestly, I needed a simple system to help me run my business. When I turned things around in my business almost overnight, I knew I had to do more to help other moms slay their demons too. If they could do that, they could not only slay their fitness goals, but they could slay their life goals and dreams too. That's when the idea of becoming a life coach first kind of surfaced. It kept tugging at my heartstrings. Was this the intersection where I lived in my purpose and could make the biggest impact? I'd researched it. I thought about it. researched it some more, but it always ended up on the back burner. Somewhere in that mix, I started a podcast too. I thought this would be a little bit of middle ground, a platform I could use to help other women alongside of my online health coaching. I believe that sometimes opportunities in life present themselves not when you're ready for them, but when they're ready for you. Remember, the universe is always happening for you, not to you. And so when an opportunity presented itself for me to become a life coach in a program ran by my business coach, I couldn't say no. Have you ever felt like the stars were just aligning? That's exactly how I felt. I completed my life coach certification in late 2021. At first, I thought I would use my certification and the knowledge and skills I gained to help my health and fitness clients. But that's not what the universe had in store for me. Another life lesson that I can see clearly now, so many people get caught up in the tyranny of how. How do they create the work-life balance they crave? How do they fight off this imposter syndrome that just keeps creeping in? How do they create a business of their dreams? How, how, how? But what I've learned is that the how isn't the important part. It's your mindset. It's your vibration and your energy that you put into the world. When you put out high vibrations, when you consistently live in alignment with your heart and your mind, the universe will match your energy. Opportunities will start knocking down your door. You will wake up, look around and say, how in the hell did I get here? How am I sitting at this table with these people? The universe will match you energy for energy. You just have to believe it's possible. You have to believe that you are the person for the job. I began to realize something. I know what it feels like to jump into entrepreneurship as a mom. I know what it's like to so badly want to grow your own business, to create time freedom and financial freedom for your family. I also know what it's like to feel burnt out. I know what it feels like to hustle and then hustle harder and still not see the results. I know that it takes more to succeed in the social selling world than just listening to your upline and doing what they say. I know what it feels like to struggle with finding the time, to struggle with self-doubt and self-sabotaging thoughts and actions. I know what it feels like to wonder if this life you're trying to build will ever be worth it. I've been that mompreneur. Over the last few months, I felt a pull. 
this pull towards moving in the direction of primarily coaching other mompreneurs. I still health coach, but it's on a different level. I'm not actively searching for new clients. I know the clients who are meant to work with me, they're going to find me. And I'm here for it when they do. But my purpose, it's evolved. My empathy lies more with mompreneurs. And an important lesson that I've learned along the way, where your empathy lies, your passion lies. And where your passion and helping others collide, that's your purpose. That's your calling. And that's where I am right now. The universe was whispering all along. Amanda, your purpose is to help other mompreneurs slay their limiting beliefs. Amanda, your purpose is to help mompreneurs create businesses that align with their purpose. Your purpose is to help mompreneurs balance the hustle with mom life. Your purpose is to help moms move into purpose and profit. And that's what I'm doing. And I've never felt so aligned with that purpose. The universe and everything that's happening in your life, it's happening for you, not to you. I couldn't help mompreneurs if I hadn't been one myself and one who struggled at that. And as I look back at my life experiences all the way back to high school, all the way back to deciding on a college major that was so misaligned with my goals, my heart and my desires, it all led me to here. I had to experience everything to get to here. All of those experiences, they all dominoed one right after the other until I landed here. Some of the things I went through provided experience and perspective. Others provided a financial means for me to be able to pursue my dream as a life coach. Some connected me with the right people at the right time. Others, like my blog and my podcast, were setting me up to be able to run my own online business. Every single experience played a role. Every single one mattered, and each one couldn't have occurred without the experiences that came before it. No one, no one except God and his universe could have so magically orchestrated this beautiful mess. I am so happy that you are here to experience this beautiful mess with me. And if you've stuck around this long through this podcast, there might be a reason. Let the universe guide you. Listen to the whispers. And if it's guiding you to me, then let's chat. Before I go, I just want to say, hiring a coach is one of the scariest investments you can make. It's also one of the best investments you can make. And this reminds me of a reel that I just posted on Instagram this week. It feels like it aligns perfectly and just fits right into this conversation. Totally unplanned, too. And so I want to read you part of that caption. It says, quote, Let me ask you, how much would you pay to feel fulfilled each and every day? How much would you pay to have stronger, more satisfying relationships with your spouse and your kids? How much would you spend to finally ditch those self-sabotaging habits that have been holding you back for far too long? How much would you pay to launch your business into a purposeful, profitable, full-time income without sacrificing more time with your babies? How much would you pay to unlock both time and financial freedom in your life? Those are the things that you buy when you invest in personal growth and development. 
So tell me now that you can't afford it. The truth is, you can't afford not to invest in yourself, end quote. I hope my journey can serve to inspire you, motivate you, and open your eyes to some of the life lessons I've learned along the way. If you're not living in your purpose, your heart and your mind fully aligned, don't give up. Just keep taking the next right step. Don't be afraid to fail. Just aim to fail forward. You've got this and you've got God and his universe behind you too. Listen, I would love to jump on a discovery call with you if you're a mompreneur who wants to up-level your business and move into purpose and profit. Let's chat about that next right step for you and your business. You can check the show notes for my link to schedule. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Until next time, shine bright as the most authentic version of you. After all, everyone else is taken. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Top Knots and Double Shots podcast. Before you go, I would love to hear from you. If you loved what you heard today, I would so appreciate it if you would drop me a review. And if you had any mega takeaways, share them with your friends, your neighbors, heck, anybody. Share them on your Instagram and your Facebook stories too and tag me at Partying With Twins. Until next time, ladies, keep your top knots high and your coffee hot and love the life you're living. 